It's time for episode 107 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 7th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the only podcast on a TikTok development model. I am your co-host, Jason Snell, and across the internet from me, my co-host, Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I can't, I'm, I'm the lead uh, host this week, and I can't remember whether that's the tick or the talk, but, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, TikTok can't stop. I don't know. There's some rhyme that goes All right. in there, probably, Good. but well I done. don't know what it is. Let me introduce uh, the first of our guests to my left. It is a returning guest, uh, a former co-worker of mine at Macworld, and author of the just-published uh, El Capitan uh, crash course from Take Control, Sholly McFarland. Hello. Hello. Did I plug that correctly? Excellent plugging. Thank okay. you. Good. Uh, and to my left, another former colleague of ours from Macworld, now a senior editor at Tom's Guide, Mr. Philip Michaels. Hi, Phil. Hi. Who canceled? <laughs> <laughs> Every, we ran through the entire Rolodex. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, it, Phil hasn't been on in a while. Let's uh, let's get Phil on. Well, that was a mistake you'll live to regret. Marco Arment. Anyway. <laughs> Um, he didn't cancel. I just asked him and he said he couldn't do it. Uh, so then we came to you. You're my first choice, Phil. First <laughs> alternate choice. Yeah. All right. So, uh, here's how this works. We have four, uh, topics. Each of us brings a topic. We discuss them briefly and we're done in less than half an hour. And since I, I, this is the tick or the talk, whatever, uh, I will go first. Here's my topic. Uh, nine to five Mac and Mark Gurman reported this week that there is a new 4k retina imac on the way i uh, a, a smaller version of the 5k retina imac that was it's got one less k so it's smaller uh that was introduced last year and it made me think okay if there's a rumor that there are new a new mac or new macs might be on the way this fall uh what are the macs that are out there that seem like they're in most need of an update and why what if you could uh demand the next mac update what would it be Shally? Well, I think the one most obviously in need of an update is the Mac Pro, um, since it's been out there for a while now. But um, it's not the one that I care about the most. The one that I wish was going to be updated again is the MacBook, even though it just updated so recently. And the reason is I would like a touchscreen Mac. That would be cool. I just got my son a Chromebook, and it's absolutely tiny. It, it has a touchscreen. It has a great trackpad, and it costs $250. And I was, being a complete Mac person who doesn't pay attention to anything else, I was kind of amazed by how useful it was to have something that was truly a laptop, but that you could also use the touchscreen with. Yeah, that, that is not a that's not a thing Apple has dared to do yet. Dare to dream. Uh, well, <laughs> I the one that's here's the tricky thing. The one the one that I want to be updated the most is I think the one least likely to receive uh, many significant updates from here on out, and that is the MacBook Air. I love my MacBook Air, the 11 inch model. It's fantastic. Um, it's still a pretty great machine, but you know, as Shali just mentioned, the MacBook. And I feel like maybe maybe the writing's on the wall for the MacBook Air. So maybe the MacBook Air doesn't get the attention. But I think it need you know, I would love to have one with USB-C. I'd love to have one with the retina display, even though I realize that introduces battery concerns because of the, the size of the device, maybe some uh, requiring some retooling for the uh, 
the batteries itself. But I would love to see a brand new MacBook Air um, that really brings it up to the line with the MacBook. But I, I think that the MacBook has probably ended up taking that slot. And I'm I'm sad because there are, for me, too many trade-offs in the MacBook currently to make it a good MacBook Air replacement, uh, as attractive as it is. So I wish Apple would consider updating the MacBook Air, and it, it might get a speed bump here and there, but I don't think it will get the kind of substant- substantial upgrade I would like to see for it. Uh, let me repeat Shelley's answer, but in a deeper voice. Okay. I think <laughs> I, 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 it seems strange to suggest that Apple should be updating its its MacBook and MacBook Pro lines when they uh, update that fairly consistently, as as opposed to say, you know, your your Mac Minis or your your Mac Pros, which which go for an age in between updates. But with the um, with the new sixth generation uh, Intel chips that are out there. Um, there's a danger of the uh, Apple lineup being uh, uh, left behind. Now, uh, uh, our performance numbers at Tom's Guide have uh, have the MacBook Pro uh, really setting the pace, but it, that's not going to continue now that um, you'll, you're going to get all these Windows laptops uh, uh, getting uh, the, the Skylake chips in there. Um, and as Charlie mentioned, a, uh, a touchscreen really seems to be a feature that 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 Apple could add to its laptop lineup, particularly now that Microsoft has gotten into the hardware game with the Surface Book. Yeah, I I um, I'm going to remix some previous answers. I think uh, <laughs> I, I I think with the Phil mentioned the Skylake processors. The the I know that the MacBook Pro with Retina was just updated in May. Um, but it does feel like the the new Intel processor batch came out in August. It's kind of aching for an update. I know people who are desperately hoping that before the end of the year, Apple is going to do another revision of the MacBook Pro. But uh, just to be uh, a problem, I'm going to say the Mac Mini because everybody was disappointed when the Mac Mini got updated the last time uh, because they didn't uh, have a processor option or a chipset that allowed for the uh, the quad core option that was there before. And I think it would be nice if that came back but uh, that's not going to happen anyway those are all uh, good bits of speculation we will see if apple announces something in the next little while if the rumors are true and what it might be uh let's move on to our second topic Shali, what do you have uh, my topic today is now that el capitan has been out for a week what features are people actually finding themselves using and loving so the thing El Capitan, I think, is, is a solid update, but it's not one that obviously has a lot of really big features that sort of jump out at you, I feel like. And so I think some of the stuff that I like the most is really small stuff, little changes. Like, I love the fact that you can move the spotlight window when it comes up now. Okay, that's kind of silly, but it's a it's a you know it's a, it's a change that actually makes a difference because I'm always like bringing up that window, being like, ah, I couldn't see what was behind it. Um, I really like the data tag detector stuff that they've added for like events from your calendar, uh, things that show up in your email, contact information, calendar events, and stuff, and having that auto imported into my calendar, I think is a huge time saver for me. Um, and it's taken some getting used to because I'll like go like, oh yeah, um, when was when was that flight again? Well, I should put that in the calendar, and I open the calendar, and there it is. It's already blocked out and everything, and it's like the right length and everything. I was like, that's pretty impressive. So. Um, I really like those those sort of smaller touches that have been added here and there, um, even if I don't find myself using the bigger features like the split screen and, and that kind of stuff. So that's that's my feeling on the matter. Well, as I sit here staring at my MacBook Pro running uh, Mavericks, <laughs> 
I think um, I should really uh, uh, get on this uh, this Yosemite El Capitan up- update train. I, I've been focused on iOS 9 lately. Mm. Cut, cut me a break. Um, and if only there were a, a book somewhere that I could read about El Capitan. Yeah. Hmm. Anyhow, when I do upgrade to El Capitan in, in 2016, I'm... Uh, <laughs> Going to look forward to using the split view. I think that um, I think that could be a real productivity booster for me, especially given how much um, jumping back and forth between different applications that that I do. Right, and I'm going to say uh, I, I'll give you two. One is geotagging and photos because I have a lot of photos that are taken by my Canon uh, SLR camera that doesn't have any uh, geotagging data in it. And previously in the Photos app, uh, when they introduced it in the spring, you couldn't edit or add that data later inside photos. And now you can. You can do it in batches. It's very convenient. And there are a lot of cool location-based features in photos that uh, that take advantage of that data. So it's good to actually tag that stuff and be able to see it when you say, show me everything that I took, all the pictures I took in Oregon, that you can actually see those pictures that you took with your SLR. Um, and then another quick one is uh, Find My Friends being in the uh, Today View and Notification Center. I use that a lot to check on like, uh, you know, is my son riding his bike home? Home from school or things like that, and that's a that's a pretty cool little addition that just wasn't there before. You didn't have a, a straight on find my friends view in OS 10 before. I'm so surprised nobody mentioned what I'm going to mention. We left it for you. I, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I would say that out of everything, the things that I'm really using and enjoying are the Safari features. I love pinned tabs. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm a person who. Just I gave up on mail a few years ago, and I use Gmail in the browser. That's what I use. So it's wow. great. I know. Pretty roughing it out here. Suddenly, the guy using Mavericks doesn't seem behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> so I have my Gmail pinned tab. I have my Google Docs. I have Facebook. All the all these things that I really do use all day long, and it's it's really cool having the pinned tabs. And then the other thing is the muting. A tab is fantastic. I love that feature. Uh, and now we don't, none of us are at Macworld anymore. So we're not having to listen to the auto playing ads on Macworld as much. But boy, is it great to be able to turn off a tab when something starts getting noisy um, and do it so easily. So I, those, those two features, I'd say, are, are, my, are my big favorites, even though they're so little. All right, uh, that's two topics down. We have two more to go. It's halftime. We'd like to tell you about our halftime sponsor. This time, the halftime sponsor on Clockwise is Fracture, the company that will take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to proudly display or give as gifts. And the team at Fracture wanna, want us to say... A ginormous thank you to all of you who've been giving Fracture a chance to print your favorite pro- photos. I've talked about them before. I love Fracture and the prints that they create. Um, I have, like, I think there are at least 10 of them within a uh, a few yards of me right now. Uh, they're beautiful because instead of it being a photo that you frame and have under glass, they print your photo on the back of the glass and then and it comes ready to hang. Um, it, it, they look great. The team at Fracture is passionate about the product and they love that they produce it. 
it. Uh, they they all put it all together in Gainesville, Florida, at the at the Fracture Factory or Fractory, if you would like. Um, and uh, the holidays are coming up, so Fracture is specifically asked that I mention if you're considering giving a fracture a fracture or two as a gift this December, make plans now. This is the factory in Gainesville. They make them all there themselves. The queue fills up fast with holiday orders, and Fracture prints are amazing gifts. They're great to hang on your wall, and they're great to give to family and friends. So rescue those photos that are sitting in the Photos app or in your on your iPhone, and uh, pick a few to put up on the walls and have on display. So go to FractureMe.com to learn more and get started, and you can use this code clockwise the name of the show you're listening to to get 15 percent off your first order and support clockwise so thank you again to fracture for support, supporting clockwise and relay fm FractureMe.com code clockwise and uh that's it thank you to fracture and we will move on to our next topic dan it's your turn jason if i can't afford a whole picture can i buy a fraction of a fracture uh we'll go in on one together Okay, but that if, great. don't. But they're made of glass, so if we break oh, yeah. it in half, don't <laughs> touch the one side. Okay. Okay. All right. Duly noted. Uh, thanks f- uh, for that. Uh, for my topic today, uh, Amazon last week, I believe, announced that it will no longer sell competing set top boxes like uh, you know the Apple TV or I think the Google Chromecast that do not work with its Prime Video service. Uh, for which I ask you guys, what? Um, does, does this strike you as a, a, let me, let me give you the options. Is this a dumb move? Is it a really dumb move? Is it a colossally dumb move? Or am I just not thinking about some aspect of that? I would like your opinions, Mr. Michaels. I don't think it's as dumb a move as you might think. I don't think it's a very good move, but, uh, from Amazon's perspective, they sell a lot of things. Um, in terms of the Apple TV, how many? I guess it is a top seller on Amazon, as is, is certainly the Chromecast. Amazon maybe did the the back of the the envelope math and, and figured, well, people are likely to buy these from Apple as much as as anyone, and Google has its own uh, Google Store. Although we we sell a lot of Chromecasts, but what's really important to us is building up Amazon Prime memberships and. Um, if we can convince people that um, this is a way to uh, make them sign up for Amazon Prime, uh, this is what they should do. Now, all that said, I'm not going to sign up for Amazon Prime just because I can't get Amazon Prime on a Chromecast or an Apple TV. Uh, I, I, I don't understand the metric there. So I guess I'm coming around to your dumb point of view. <laughs> Excellent. Now Excellent. that I've talked it out. That's a nice the last little journey that you took there. Yeah, and I took you all with thanks, me. So. Yeah, thanks for bringing us. I understand that there's a kind of con- customer messaging issue here, which is I would imagine there are people who assume that if they buy a box on Amazon, it works with Amazon, even though in this case they don't. I, I I sort of understand that. I'm sure there are people out there. I'm sure it's better for Amazon sort of brand clarity that uh, they can say, look, if it if we're not going to sell things that don't work with our services and these don't work are never going to work with our services. That said, that seems like a very I'm sure we could go through the list of things that Amazon sells and find other products that they sell that don't directly interface with some of the things that Amazon Prime offers and that it's okay. Uh, so. Uh, I, I, I'm a little baffled by this. I feel like uh, Amazon can do what it wants, but in this case, it seems like uh, Amazon is using its uh, power to be the store that sells everything and selling not quite everything in order to get back at some companies that aren't 
you know, aren't doing what Amazon wants. And that's, that, that seems in the long run, that seems counterproductive. Um, so like Phil, although I can kind of see where they're coming from in the end, I, I do think it, it, it just seems kind of dumb. Well, when I first saw this, uh, my initial reaction was, wow, like, isn't that an antitrust suit just waiting to happen? I, I was really sort of flabbergasted by it. But then when I read the articles, I realized that I had not realized that, for instance, you can't watch Amazon Prime on the Apple TV. So it's it ends up being sort of like a it's like a schoolyard argument almost like you won't carry my service, so I'm not going to sell you and I got to say, in the end, it just seems all a little petty. Like, if you want to sell the best thing, then just make it the best thing. And not selling the competing set-top boxes, it just seems it just seems kind of dumb. Like, if Amazon's main purpose is to be the store where you can get anything, then it should be the store where you can get anything. And they should not be quibbling over, you know, who has their stuff and who doesn't. So... I guess th- that's where I come in. I, I just think it's kind of kind of petty and and seems almost sort of childish to me. But then on the other hand, it, I feel that way about the Apple TV too, not having the service because at this point we're like the home of the home of set top boxes. Like we have so many and we just keep getting them. And part of the reason is because none of them do everything, and <laughs> it's just. Um, it's just kind of ridiculous. We have our Roku and our Apple TV now. And I realized part of that's because we go back to the Roku to watch Amazon Prime. And then we flip over to get the iTunes movies. And so, yes, dumb. I'd say just dumb. dumb. <laughs> Ruling. Dumb. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is a classic case of Amazon shooting itself in the foot to spite its face. Uh, because I, I, as, I don't as, think that's how no, you spite your face. No, I, I believe, I believe that. Yeah, didn't, well, didn't Yogi Berra say that? Uh, <laughs> I think. Um, so here's the thing: Amazon, modest proposal, Amazon, write an app for the new Apple TV, and yeah. then this problem is solved. Um, and you know, to the to the point, you know, you can sort of use the Amazon Prime service on an Apple TV via AirPlay from an iPad. But if they yes. wrote an app for the iPad, like, why not write an app for the Apple TV? That's the part that just sort of makes me throw up my hands um, because it, it seems. St- Stupid, because in this case, um, you know, again, it's Amazon's benefit to have its Prime Video service available on as many platforms as possible. So why not try to push it out there? Um, so not selling devices that don't work with it doesn't really seem to make sense to me when you could, in theory, make those devices work with it. Uh, I, so, I think it, I think it was Bloomberg that said about only twenty percent of. Amazon's customers are Prime members, so Amazon clearly thinks that there's a lot of headroom to to be made up here. So maybe maybe that's why they're turning on the pressure. The bigger issue is that I think most of the people who buy Prime service don't necessarily buy it for the video service. I think a lot of them buy it for two-day shipping yeah. and the other. And, and it's the weird thing about Prime is that it is this huge amalgam of all these different services. And Amazon itself already has this bifurcated video thing where they have Prime videos, which is kind of like Netflix as well as like a video store that's more like iTunes. Uh, and so I think this is just Amazon kind of running around in circles, uh, you know, and and doesn't really know what it's doing here. And I agree with Sholly that it does seem kind of petty. And, and again, as Jason said, any Apple stores, Amazon, all these people can carry whatever the heck they want. It's not a, I'm not, you know, alleging a legal action. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> so thank you all for agreeing with that. 
Hey, uh, hey, I have a question. Yeah, Phil, would you like to ask something? And it's not about the Chromecast at all, because that's what it wasn't going to be about. No, yesterday, uh, Microsoft had a um, had a big uh, press event where they rolled out a lot of their own hardware, including, as as previously mentioned on this very show, the Surface Book, which is its its first ever attempt to build a laptop. It showed off some some new Lumia phones and uh, um, a, a new uh, fitness band. Uh, a, bunch of stuff more stuff than could be contained in a 30 minute show we're we're all generally mac people here i think um yeah did anything that microsoft unveil interest you at the show i at the event i really am intrigued by the surface book on so many different levels one of them is is microsoft see i almost call them apple microsoft is being like apple here except that they've got all these third parties these partners these hardware partners who who build pcs and uh and that run windows and this is an extension of what microsoft already started with surface which is saying you know what we're going to build our own pcs we're, we're just gonna we're gonna do it and they're gonna be premium high-end super high-tech cutting-edge machines but they're going Going to be machines and the, and and they're doing it because i think their feeling is their partners are just never going to play in this in this space and i'm fascinated by that i'm fascinated by the fact that microsoft is basically in a position where they can say what are you going to do not make pcs <laughs> i mean the pc makers are going to make windows pcs regardless of what microsoft does to steal their their lunch and that seems to be what microsoft is going to go ahead and do um also i'm fascinated by the fact that microsoft really is taking a page out of apple's book and saying we're going to make this stuff and we're going to make it to these high standards and we're going to have microsoft hardware not be junky it's going to be super high-end high quality um not cheap bargain basement stuff and i i think that's a great move for them because i think being apple shown that that works and and so that's great for for microsoft and uh and uh so that all fascinates me and then the other thing that i'll just throw out there is Apple a few years ago made a very clear statement that they were going to go on two paths. They were going to go on an iOS path for tablets and phones, and they were going to go on Mac path for things that are thought of as traditional computers. Whereas Microsoft has put all of its eggs in Windows, and and the Surface Book is a laptop that is running a, a version of Windows that you pop pop off the the screen, and it's a tablet running the the tablet interface of Windows. So this is my question, which is what happens if it becomes clear that that is really what people want? What does Apple do? Does Apple break down and release a, uh, a, a, a a MacBook with a screen that turns into an iPad? Or does Apple invest more time in making iOS an operating system more capable of doing the things that we think of laptops being able to do? Because it's kind of not there yet, even with iOS 9. I'm fascinated by that. So that's, that, that's my takeaway from Microsoft yesterday. Sholly? Well, I'll just say... There's a laptop with a touchscreen. Just yeah. what I said I wanted earlier. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And it's a tablet, too. <laughs> that's the part that that sort of confuses me. Like, I'm not exactly I'm not exactly sure how that would work, I guess. Um, so I'm curious to two, two and ones are very big in the Windows world. Yeah. 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 That I guess it's it's, it's some cognitive dissonance for me. I'm like, but it's my iPad, not my laptop um so microsoft's making phones that you'll be able to plug into a dock and use as pcs how about that (laughs) yeah that's weird it's kind of interesting but weird it is interesting 
Yeah, so that was the thing that I was most interested in was the Surface Book. And it's it's kind of cool to see Microsoft getting into the slugfest and going in there with its hardware. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens. And what happens with the laptop? Like, are the, are the are the tablets and the laptops going to become indistinguishable? Um, can they make them powerful enough so that they're indistinguishable? Um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see. Uh, I was interested by the new Lumia 950 XL, which is apparently has a processor so powerful it's liquid cooled because sometimes when I'm using my phone, I get thirsty. Uh, and it's, it's handy to have that there. Uh, no, that seems ridiculous and a good way to damage your process. No, they uh, actually, Jason uh, Jason mentioned the display dock, which I think is actually kind of weird. It is definitely weird, the idea that you can connect your phone to this device, which is in turn, you know, connected to a keyboard and a trackpad and a, and a display, and you turn your sort of phone into a PC. And while I don't think that's necessarily a device that a lot of people are going to use, it does sort of make me think about this, this future world where perhaps we could rely on fewer devices because I look around my house and I've got a laptop and a desktop and an iPad and an iPhone. And of course, you know, being a tech journalist, that's because I write about many of these things. But, you know, the idea of coming in, plopping down uh, a smartphone on like a uh, almost like one of those magnetic induction docks that the uh, the Apple Watch uses and then just having everything wirelessly sort of connect to it would also be really cool. Like in the idea that I would only have to maintain one device and take that around there. So I, I don't think necessarily that this is going to go uh, this is going to make that happen uh, in any short time frame. And especially it seems to introduce some challenges for developers who want to write software that works both with a keyboard and a, and a mouse slash trackpad, as well as with a touchscreen interface. But I do think that there is something interesting in looking down the road and thinking more about, well, is there one device or, you know, fewer devices that we can use in multiple different contexts, as we've seen with, you know, you guys were just talking about the laptop with a, with a, you know, screen that detaches and becomes a tablet, right? Like, you know, we're, we're looking at some more convergence like things happening. And I'm wondering if there's a way that that, you know, that sort of coalesces into a single device or a couple devices that we use instead of the th four or five that many of us have these days. So I think it's an interesting idea. I don't think it's necessarily the ultimate achieved form of that idea, but it, it intrigued me. Well, I, I've often said that if I ever had to give up an iPhone, that the phone platform I'd go to would be um, Windows Phone because I, 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 it's a much more... Um, it, it approaches iPhone for usability and um, uh, it uh, doesn't have the issues that I have with, with Android. So I, I uh, like the Lumia phones and I, I like the idea of a phone that you can basically turn into a laptop. I've gone to, oh, met so many press events where I have to carry around a laptop and a camera and, uh, and a, uh, a, a, a phone as well. And the idea of just being able to sit down somewhere and slap my phone into a thing and then and get to typing and 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 enjoy uh, a kind of laptop-esque experience is is intriguing. Um, Jason sort of brought up the other interesting thing about yesterday's Microsoft unveilings. They are really becoming more Apple-like in uh, that they want control of the whole experience. It used to be that Microsoft would would build the uh, 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 operating system and, and the software and say, "Have at it, boys!" and and then these sad little boxes would come out. And now with the, the Surface Book, they really are uh, putting a, a level of fit and finish you, you tend to expect coming out of Cupertino. And it's just interesting to see um, uh, Microsoft uh, 
after all these years looking at that uh, approach and saying, hmm, the, the most valuable company in the world may have beyond something strategy-wise. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, strange times we live in. Uh, so that's four topics down. We have time just for our bonus topic, and it is this. Autumn is here. It's in full swing. It's October 7th. We are in October now. What is your favorite fall-related activity? Sholly? I love the pumpkin patch. Um, here in lovely Oregon, we have pumpkin patches, something that I never experienced in, in Tennessee, I've got to say. I don't know. There must have been pumpkin patches somewhere. But we go out to an island in the Columbia River and we ride on, we do a hayride out to the field and we pick our pumpkins and have roasted corn and caramel apples and go through a corn maze. It's, it's awesome. And I love that about every fall. Uh, well, the rest of you are West Coasters, so I'm not even sure you have real fall out there. Uh, no, fall for me is about one thing, one thing only, and that is apple pie. And apples picking season is in full swing around here. I just went apple picking this past weekend uh, and got some delicious apples, made some pies. So anything that leads to pie is pretty much great, and that's a great fall-related pie activity. I don't know what you mean about us not having autumns out here. I am wearing my fanciest autumn shorts today. <laughs> Um, uh, I would say it, it, the, to be, to be bored and predictable. The answer is baseball. The answer is always baseball, baseball all the time. <laughs> I enjoy a cup of, a cup of hot tea. And when the weather gets a little cooler, I have tea all the time and not just in the morning. Uh, so tea, baseball, apple picking. There we go. We pretty much got it nailed. I, I would say. And uh, maybe an occasional college football game. I'll throw that in there, too. All right. We are done. Four topics done. Bonus co topic done. Sholly McFarland, thank you so much for coming back to Clockwise. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jason. And Phil Michaels, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to being uh, Dragoon the next time. All right, Dan. Uh, another one in the books. Woo! Whew. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm always glad when we knock one of these off and it, it comes right in under 30 minutes. We're just that good. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. And until next time, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Tick tock. Tick tock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.